Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? Good. We're going to talk about anticoagulants. Um, we are all aware that the options for anticoagulation have been expanding steadily over the past couple of decades. Um, you know, it used to be warfarin and, and Coumadin, and now there's an endless number of, of new drugs providing a greater number of agents for prevention and management of thromboembolic disease. It's been a a boon uh, to patients. Um, in addition to heparin and the, the vitamin K antagonists, anticoagulants that directly target the enzymatic activity of thrombin and factor 10A have been developed. We know that people with a malignancy are at higher risk of VTE or venous thromboembolism. Uh, given the many choices of drugs, which would we choose in that situation? This week's poem looks at direct oral anticoagulants versus low molecular weight heparin in patient at risk for VTE as a result of some sort of malignancy. The study that you picked is a randomized controlled trial. It was published in JAMA in uh, 2023. It starts on page 1924 for listeners that might want to follow along, and it attempts to answer the clinical question, are direct oral anticoagulants non-inferior to low molecular weight heparin for preventing recurrent VTE in adults with cancer? Mark, what did they tell us? Yeah, so we know that long-term anticoagulation is recommended for patients with VTE and actively treated cancer. Um, and the previous guidelines, <clears throat> excuse me, previous guidelines from the ACCP recommend low molecular weight heparins. These investigators thought, well, we've got all these direct oral anticoagulants, or they may be just as good. They identified adults with solid tumors, lymphoma, CLL, or multiple myeloma, who either had advanced disease or a diagnosis within the past 12 months. Uh, the patients were eligible if they had symptomatic or asymptomatic VTE detected. Um, within 30 days of enrollment. And then they were randomized to either a, a DOAC uh, or whichever one the doctor wanted. So it could have been a Pixaban or Rivaroxaban, any of those, or Fondaparinux um, or low liquid heparin. So uh, it was a pragmatic study. So there wasn't one DOAC specified, um, but they were all treated as a group. Uh, so recurrent VTE occurred in 6% of patients treated with a DOAC. 8.8 treated with low molecular weight heparin, which met their criteria for non-inferiority. It actually looks a little bit superior. There were a bunch of secondary outcomes like death and quality of life, and none were significantly different between groups. Major bleeding was similar, 5.2% in one group, 5.6% in the other. At six months, participants in the DOAC group were more likely to still be taking their anticoagulant than those getting the mostly injectable low molecular weight heparins, right? 71 versus 59%. So people like oral drugs better and we're more likely to stick with them. <clears throat> so that's an important potential advantages. Uh, there were no significant difference in the incidence of recurrent VTE in the subgroup of patients who had highly thrombogenic tumors or indwelling catheters, were over 65, or had a baseline elevated platelet count. So bottom line, this study... Uh, found that DOACs like apixaban and rivaroxaban are non-inferior and perhaps superior in some ways to low molecular weight heparins 
to prevent a recurrent VTE in adults with cancer. Um, patients with given DOICs were also more likely to be taking their anticoagulant at six months, so that's a potential advantage. Harms were the same, and so it looks, looks like a, definitely a, a game changer here. If you look at the most recent guidelines that just came out from the ACCP, they do now endorse DOACs um, as, an op, as an alternative to low molecular weight heparins for these patients. So this supports that. Let me translate this into sort of common English and see if I've got this right. So b- basically, the, the theory is that we, we, we know that injectables work. And the idea is that oral agents are better uh, tolerated by patients. They like them more, and they're more likely to stay on them. So rather than do a head-to-head trial and show that they're better, they've done a trial to show that they're not any worse. Is that sort of in lay language, the, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, and this, and I just should point out, this was not a drug company-sponsored trial. This was NIH-sponsored. I think it was NIH or PCORI, one of those groups. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the idea there is exactly as you said. They want to prove non-inferiority. And you don't need as many patients to prove that. Uh, now, sometimes you end up proving it anyway because the difference is large enough that you have superiority. A very fussy statistician would say, yeah, but you didn't say that ahead of time, so you can't say it was superior. You can only say it's non-inferior. But this was a case where I believe it was actually both. It was both superior and non-inferior. Um, so right. they, they met their pre-specified goal, and they also showed that, if anything, it's, it certainly looks like it's likely to be better as well. Good. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk with you again uh, next week. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem. 